Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us a part of your day. Don't interrupt me right now, Jake. I'm, uh, I'm studying my putt. I've been studying this putt for two minutes now, and I, I don't want you to get upset because i I, I got to get this putt right. I just have to. Me and Bryson DeChambeau. You see this story? I know. You're obsessed you with it. You see this video? I Here I am in the break telling, just ranting and raving about a perfectly good child story with Austin. And uh, he and I are both having a good laugh, and then all of a sudden you just out of nowhere stop the conversation like, Hold on, guys! Guys! Did you see this putt from DeChambeau? He took two minutes to hit the freaking putt. And the PGA, it looks like they're now upset enough to, to actually maybe take some action. See, this Got to penalize these guys when they're doing this. And then he misses the putt. See, this is what generates controversy in golf. This is why golf can be lame at times. Because, you know, what generates controversy in the NBA? Oh, like Zaza Pachulia trying to end <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's career. <laughs> In golf, somebody stands over a putt for an extra 30 seconds, and no. everybody's like, no. no, 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 that's not the problem, Jake, and you've played enough golf to know that it's that's not the issue. The issue is everybody who goes out to play golf and gets stuck behind a, a, a foursome that, that's just going too slow. That's what the real problem is, because everyone who saw this video has been there when they've been sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And they, you know, while we're young, let us play. Hit the darn putt. Have you been behind groups before? You say, man, those guys up there must be playing for a whole lot of money because they are going really slow. Controversy in the NFL? The sure, the sport actually shortens your life. Controversy in <laughs> golf? Well, he's been standing there a little too long. <laughs> you see... You're 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 making you're making this into a non-issue, but it is an issue, and you should know better. Controversy in hockey: Marty McSorley <laughs> swings his stick like a baseball bat into somebody's head. Controversy in golf: Boy, DeChambeau's been up there for a while, huh? It affects everyone mm. because these guys set the example for all your recreational golfers out there. Mm. Hey, hey, look, I bet you that our listeners care deeply about this. And, I bet they don't. Oh, I think they do because <laughs> they play golf. Not a chance. They and they're do. sitting behind somebody and they're taking ten practice swings. Listen, if remember you, uh, Sergio when he was regripping, gripping, and regripping, and everyone got upset about that. If you're if you're taking two minutes on a putt to salvage your ninety seven, <laughs> then yeah, move it along. But if you've got millions of dollars on the line, you know what? Look at that putt as long yeah, as you yeah, want. Yeah, but man. these guys get into a rhythm. Count the too. dimples. They get into a rhythm and they don't want to sit there. And you can see the other golfers sitting there waiting and wait and wait. I think one of them was shaving. Well, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for us to talk about something else. <laughs> 
care about this? No. Our listeners care. No, I don't care Because at all. they play golf. You've never been upset because someone was going so slow in front of you? If we're going to talk about controversy in golf, let's talk about something interesting like Dustin Johnson and his uh, his cocaine habit or something. Yeah, but, we're, but, I don't but want to talk about- This isn't just about the professionals. This trickles down to the amateurs. Trickles down to all of us. You think that there are people out there that are going to play slower because they watch some video with DeChambeau. I think there are people who get frustrated by it. I uh, slow play sh- certainly. Yeah, that's my Terrific. point. I don't think it makes some controversy or warrants us going into some long topic over it. Well, I don't like necessarily the PGA with all their little nitpicking rules and you know golf and but. But uh, th- this one, I do agree that something should be put into place. I don't think Bob playing Nibley <laughs> is going to play slower because of this. No, no but, I don't. Well, maybe, yeah, but when they see the pros out there doing everything, it's like it's like the the amateur basketball players who want to wear the same shoe that Donovan Mitchell does. They, uh, excuse me, they set an example, and then people key off of it. But, do me a favor. Let's have an Insta poll right here. Who who has who has uh, who is a how should we say this? Who cares about the issue of slow play? Do you or don't you? Do or don't? Who cares? That's 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 good phrasing. <laughs> who cares? Do you or do you not care about slow golfers don't play wanna, on the golf course? Golfers don't want to play slow on the golf course. But is that really mean that it's a terrific? Topic for sports radio? Yes, it's a topic. It's something that needs to be addressed. I'm, 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 I, can, you, I'm, I can't believe you, Jake. I can, I, golfer such as yourself, I cannot believe that this is not more important to you than it is. Well, let's let's throw out other topics that uh, are going to be really controversial. <laughs> Do you like your ice cream cold or melted? I mean, what? That, no, nobody wants to play slow golf, but why are we talking about it? <laughs> By the way, did you hear that Oscar Mayer is now issuing a uh, an ice cream hot dog? I did hear that somewhere, yeah. Austin, do you, what's the details uh, on They're that? called ice dog sandwiches, and they include spicy Dijon gelato. I should just stop there and vomit. I don't know about that. Candied hot dog bits, hot dog sweet cream, and a cookie bun. Mm. This is real. Well, I like mustard, but I don't know if I'm going to like it in my ice cream. Dijon gelato? Candied hot dog bits? We'll have to try that. And what's hot dog sweet cream? Just the pre-hot dog stuff? Do, do they drop some... Uh, do they drop like uh, bits of uh, you know meat from the factory that are left over? You know bits of intestine and all ah, that. Okay, all right. Let's talk more about putting. All right. If you if slow play bothers you, uh, let us know because Jake is uh, it, slow belittling play the whole thing. Bothers everybody, but why? 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 Why are we? Why are we talking about no, it? You, you are you are edging dangerously to your previous error, for which you needed to apologize to me for the other day. Well, one, this time I'd really mean it, and two, <laughs> you did try to say that you were going to ruin my marriage earlier in the show. <laughs> yeah, but you knew I was kidding. So we're gonna we're gonna have you, some you, dual you, apologies you, you knew, here. You knew I was kidding about that. And the last right time, now, you're not kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> now you're insulting my news judgment. A little bit, said, yeah. You yes, said, I am. Who cares? I, 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 I think, I I think this was an important topic to golfers. That's all.
All right, let's get on to your other thing. But please weigh in on that if you can. At Gordon Monson, at Jake Scott Zone. Do you just does slow play bother you? It does. Bothers a lot of people. Anyway, go ahead. Do mosquito bites bother you? <laughs> because they bother a lot of people. Apparently, the message hasn't gotten across. Neither to DeChambeau nor well, maybe now it has. And to recreational golfers all over the place. Well, DeChambeau, take your time, man. There's millions of dollars on the line. All right. Go ahead. Well, you don't need to be upset. I'm not. Okay. All right. That's good. Actually, I want to steal a topic from Austin and uh, Tony. How about that? Okay. Uh, I, I, I so we were talking about putting. <laughs> we are talking about DeChambeau. We are talking about taxes and how annoying they are. <laughs> Got to talk about a professional oh, golfer standing <laughs> over a golf ball. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about you gotta you know you come out of those up tempo records. <laughs> We've got this up tempo segment planned, and then Gordon comes in and has to talk about a professional golfer standing over his putt <laughs> for two minutes. Are you kidding me? All right, so Austin did this exercise where they counted down from twelve to one the most difficult opponents for Utah and BYU. Now I don't want to uh, let's not go twelve to one. Let's just go with the with the top three in order most difficult opponents for Utah and BYU. Okay. For uh, who do you want to start with? You want to you want to start with the, start the, with the Utes, Utes or sure. the Cougs? Start All right, with the Utes. start with the Utes. Who do you think is going to be their toughest game? I would probably say well they have a favorable schedule this year, but I would go with Washington up in Seattle. I believe that's what both Tony and Austin did, if I'm not mistaken there, Austin. That's correct, yes. All right, so here's where I'm torn a little bit, Gordon. I, I would go either that game because it's on the road or Washington State in Salt Lake City. Because I think Washington State is going to be better than Washington this year. Do you really? I do. At least that's a home game, though. But that's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm a little bit torn. But I'll go Washington State as their as their toughest game. How about USC down at the Coliseum? Followed by Washington, and then I would say USC at the Coliseum is probably number three. Do you have any concerns about uh, Arizona State at Rice Eccles since uh, the the Devils seem to give the uh, Utes a bit of trouble? No, I don't. I don't don't know how good the Devils are going to be this year. They're going to start a true freshman at quarterback. Yeah. So not only does that come with some mistakes, but if you've got if you've got a team you think are, is going to be really good, are you going to start a true freshman at quarterback? <laughs> or if you have a team you know is rebuilding and you want to get the young guy in there to get experience for subsequent years. Well, this is what I see went through last year with that Daniels kid. Right. And and Austin, who when we were talking about this during the break, you know, who brings up he's you know Clemson and Alabama and starting freshmen at those those quarterback or with Lawrence and and. Tago Vailoa, mm-hmm. they're the exception. Yeah. They are not the rule. Mm-hmm. So, and I got it. Michael Vick was good as a redshirt freshman. Johnny Manziel was great as a redshirt freshman, won the Heisman. But, I mean, do you think Jaden Daniels is that? Anybody? Any? I mean, we don't know, but anybody would anybody bet on that? I don't know. I wouldn't. So, I don't think Arizona State is going to be that great. Okay. And I think there, and it has nothing to do with Herm Edwards, by the way, who was better certainly last year than than I thought, and I'm I'm perfectly willing to admit that. But I think he's going to be rebuilding this you year. You are really down on the dogs this year, Washington. Yeah, more down on them than most people. Yeah, I'm going to pick them third in the North. I don't know. 
I mean, that's a heck of a coach they got up there, and that's a program that has been rolling forward. I know they've had some attrition and whatnot, but uh, I I have a feeling the, the Huskies might be difficult. And maybe I'm totally wrong. That could be the case. Chris Peterson is a heck of a coach. Um, he's he's He did it year in and year out at Boise State, so it's not like he hasn't done it before, but they are rebuilding. I mean, they're turning over most of the team. You know, it would be interesting because the Utes, if the Utes win the South, uh, they could go up against a team that's not on their regular schedule, and that would be Oregon in the championship game. That would be a kick. Who I also think is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have maybe the best O-line in the country, and they've got maybe the best quarterback in the country. And that usually spells success for a lot of teams. So I, I put Oregon ahead of Washington for that reason. And Washington State, as long as uh, Jabrud, who I think is is likely going to be their quarterback, as long as he isn't god-awful, Mike Leach is bringing back most of the team that won 11 games last year. And I, I was down at Pac-12 Media Day when we talked to Mike, and he thinks they're going to be better this year. So if that turns out to be the case, I see Washington finishing third, maybe fourth, depending on how good you think Stanford is going to be with K.J. Mm-hmm. Costello. And the North, by the way, is is a really great division this year. It is. They're good. Because Cal's going to be better than they were last year. The defense has risen. And their offense will be better than it was last year. And they beat, they beat Washington. So I, I think that division is going to be really, really tough. And, yeah, maybe I'm not as high on Washington as, as most folks are, but I think that, uh, I think that uh, the Cougars, I'm going to go with the Cougars, is Utah's toughest game. And, and Utah hasn't beat Washington State in six years, by the way. You realize I'm going to cut that and just make it sound Here's like you Cougars. should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do that. We, know, we all know what Washington State's mascot is, no? Well, well we know, but that's not that's what not we'll what be said. in the bite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said the Cougars will be the Utah's hardest opponent. Speaking of the Cougars, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and obviously that first game on August 29th uh, starts at a ridiculous time, 8.15 p.m. at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> That's the first thing that stands out to you. Just, you and just, I are totally of like it's, mind it's just, on that. It's just, it's just somebody's, not in the afternoon anymore. No, it's somebody's not. sick in the head. Well, hold on, hold on to the Cougars. Let's get to the Cougars coming up next. And – and with BYU, let's go one to four with their toughest opponents because that right. that brings up pretty much their their first month of the schedule, which is going to be brutal. So we'll talk about BYU uh, coming up right around the corner. We want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats their friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. And, uh, Gordon, you have gotten some response to your golf question. <laughs> This response from DJ is a little, uh, I mean, just, that one hurts. Oh, you got a response from David James? Yeah. You didn't get that? I thought you were on that. Oh, maybe I was. I haven't looked at my phone. You you passive-aggressive little punk. I'm doing a segment. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Wednesday. Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Whoa, amber is the color of your energy. 
call it right now, 855-340-ZONE. Win tickets to 311 and the Dirty Heads. Come out, rock out with them. Special guests, Dreamers and Bikini Trill, Tuesday, August 20th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Man, I I love 311. I, I would say, Gordon... 311 is the band I've seen the most in person. Really? Well, this was a very popular song, and then when I listen to some of their other music, it's totally different than this. Very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, 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 a lot of variety with 311, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Who's the band you've seen the most? Oh, that's a tough question. I've seen Kenny Chesney a lot. I've seen uh, Old Dominion a lot. I've seen... Uh, Burt Bacharach. <laughs> oh, I'd go see Burt Bacharach. I know you would. Who else have I seen a lot? Uh, Jimmy Buffett. Cher. Z Buffett. Oh, uh, I've seen uh, Zach Brown Band. See, I've seen. What times. are we talking about? Like a lot, three or four times? Because I've seen Bob probably six times, maybe seven. I've That's seen a whole lot. I've seen Jimmy Buffett six times. And I've probably seen 311 12 times. 12? Woo! A group of uh, my college buddies and I. Uh, Brings back fond memories. Huh? Go to uh, try to go whenever we can. Well, I told you about, uh, and this was probably the last time I saw him when we went and saw him over at the depot when uh, my wife was pregnant and we were on the floor. And you I had to stand the whole time? I, well, yeah, but who cares about uh, I stand most of the time at concerts anyway. But Your wife was not there? No, she was there. But I spent being on the floor. There was some mm, aggressive dancing. Yes, and so I spent the whole time basically shielding, shielding her from the, from the uh, the pushing and shoving. Right. Well, first of all, it's bad enough that you made her stand. A pregnant woman. What was she about eight and a half months pregnant? Stand the whole time. I don't know if she was eight and a half months. But secondly, I didn't make her do anything. If you know anything about my relationship with my wife, I don't make her <laughs> do a good single point. thing. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, 12th call right now. You're going to see 311 at right. USANA, LiveNation.com for those tickets. All right. Uh, Gordon, I want to get your ranking of BYU's top four hardest games, one being the hardest, four being the easiest, um, as we did with the Utes in the last segment. Okay, I got them right now. Okay, you want to count down or count up? I'm going to start with the toughest. Okay. UMass. Okay. That's at Warren McGurk uh, Alumni Stadium, so that makes it very difficult. And then Idaho State, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the Cougars and, and, and Liberty, I don't know if they can handle Liberty. They are the Flames. Tough. Mm-hmm. So you didn't take this exercise very seriously then? No, go, it's not putting, know, Jake. It's, it's very <laughs> obvious to go. I mean, anybody could go with, with Utah, uh, Washington. Uh, SC and Tennessee, but you know, three of those four games are at home, and so then you, you know, Boise State is at home, Utah State in Logan, that will be difficult. But I think it the controversy comes do you put Utah ahead of Washington? It sounds like you did, I do, and you put SC ahead of Tennessee, I do. Okay, I, I agree with you, but I think you can make arguments. You can make arguments that Washington should be number one, and I think you can make arguments that that uh, USC would be easier than Tennessee. But I I agree with you. I well, think Washington just going off the track record with what happened a year ago and the way the Husky. I know that was a different team, but the Huskies just crushed BYU. BYU had no shot in that game. 
even after they had beaten Wisconsin. Right. So, uh, yeah. And they I mean, had a shot against Utah last but year. But I think Utah's the best team on their slate. Okay. I, I do too, and I agree. And I would put Tennessee uh, as an easier game than USC because of all USC's receivers. Although BYU's that is in M- Knoxville. It is. But I think I think that USC is better than Tennessee. How much do you put into the home versus road I mean, I know that everyone three says points. three points, but whatever. Let's get real about it. BYU has shown the ability to go into Camp Randall and beat Wisconsin back there. They've gone to Michigan. After they got shellacked at home by by the Badgers. They've gone to Michigan State and won. They've gone to Arizona and won. Yeah. I mean, BYU's been they, – they beat Oklahoma down there in Jerry World. I mean, BYU's had some really big wins on the road. So I I think the answer to your question is, is there's not a solid number. It makes – a uh, BYU's also been dreadful at home at times. Last last year they lost to NIU. So home road doesn't seem to matter too much to the Kooks. Well, you would think it would. That that's I remember Bronco Mendenhall when he came into the Cougars. That's the first thing he wanted to establish was that home field advantage mm-hmm. again. He felt like that had been lost and uh, wanted to emphasize it. Remember when he had all the Cougar players go out and lay down on the grass mm-hmm. and what, what was that? I mean, what were they doing out there again? Weren't they were pumping? They, were they uh, playing music of some sort? No, I thought they were pumping old BYU highlights. Is that what it was? I thought, it, and they were supposed to like imagine themselves as these BYU greats or something along those lines. That was right when he got there. Yeah, I don't know whether that would work. <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason the Cougars saw improvement. So I would, I would put less emphasis on it. I, I'm trying to remember the the. In college basketball, it matters a lot, and there was a study done, and I, I'm trying to remember what it was. And uh, but anyway, it was college, the hardest sport. College basketball was the hardest sport to win on to the win road. on the road, mm-hmm. and and so I believe that. But with I mean, with college football, I mean, Utah is not one um, at USC ever. So mm-hmm. I mean, it it has to mean something, right? But Utah's also won some some big road games. They won some big road games last year. They went and beat Stanford. What about that road game down San Diego State? I think that's going to be hard. So, so let's do this then. After those top four, which we can all agree on, what comes next? I say Utah State and Logan over Boise, uh, Boise which would be Boise's in Provo. Boise's at Cougar State. I mean, at Lavelle Edwards place, or at San Diego State. Those I, are probably. I, I'd say at Logan, and maybe at Toledo. That might be a tough game too. Yeah, that's a good point as well. What about South Florida? How are they going to be this year? Well, I'd have to look into them yeah. a little bit. Senior uh, quarterback, a little bit deeper. They have a senior quarterback. So, what was their record a year ago, Austin? Uh, they started uh, undefeated, seven and zero, and then ended seven and six, I believe. Okay, so things the momentum was not in their favor. Who did you have at five for for the Cougs? Utah State. Love Utah State. defense, pressure to win on the road. I like them at five there. Yeah. Plus, those folks up there just can't stand BYU. Well, and there's the pressure that BYU doesn't lose three times in a row to Utah State, or hasn't historically. So mm-hmm. there's going to be that pressure hanging over that game as well. Yeah, I mean, these schedules. BYU's schedule is not easy. People no. people think, okay, that those first four games are really tough. But then, three of them at home. But then, no, they've got nothing after that. Uh, they've got a tough schedule really throughout. Especially, I mean, the end at San Diego State. That's going to be really difficult. It's going to be hard to get to seven wins for BYU. It really is. It's going to be hard. 
If they get seven wins, I think that would probably be a positive. Some people have predicted eight or nine wins. I, 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 nine wins. I just can't even. I can't even conceive of that. Well, I mean, think about it this way: if they go zero and four in the first month, and let me clarify, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying, if they go zero and four in the first month, they have to go what seven and one. For the rest of the schedule to get to seven wins? Against a slate that you just laid out as being less than uh, or considerably more than easy. Well, out of those games, you know, out of those eight games, three of them are layups. That's it. Mm-hmm. But what if they lost those four games by a combined six points? Yeah, it might change your perspective, but they still have to go seven and one. But doesn't that mean that they should then go seven and one or eight and zero if they're losing to Utah, Washington, SC, and Tennessee really close? Shouldn't they then go beat Boise State and Utah State and everyone else? How good is Toledo? I mean, they're better than the, a lot of people one of the think. Best yeah. teams in the MAC. They were they're picked, quick and fast. And, they were picked to win the league. I, think. I believe they are. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Boise State is a, is a, proven to be a, a difficult win. Uh, I know nothing about Liberty. Oh, they're going to beat Liberty. They're going to beat Idaho State. They're going to beat UMass. Well, those teams, come on. Yeah, I mean those those are going to be wins. Uh, you can but then going down to to play San Diego State. Yeah, that's not easy. Yeah, at Utah State, as you mentioned, Boise State at home. I mean, it. I think that's why I think it's so important that they get at least one of those first four. Got to steal at least one, and they're not going to be favored in any of them. You got to steal at least one. Give yourself some room. Any chance they get two? Sure. Absolutely there's a chance they get two. 100%. I mean, you can envision a scenario where they beat Utah. Maybe you don't say it's likely, but you certainly can envision I, well, a scenario maybe. where it could happen. Well, they were up by 20 points yeah. in the third quarter. Uh, but, I think they uh, will beat Tennessee. And then they, the best, they have a better chance of beating SC in Provo than Washington. Well, and Clay Helton's job is going to 100% be on the line in that USC-BYU game. So how does his team react to that? And USC has such a hard first part of their schedule, they might actually be beat up by the time that game. I realize September it's 14th? only week three, but, you know. If you're beat up by September 14th, then uh, you might as well hire Urban Meyer now. Oh, well, I think there's some people thinking about that. But but USC plays Fresno out of the gate and then Stanford. So they're coming into BYU. They're coming into Provo off a of Stanford matchup. Yeah, but they're SC. Uh, well, you always say everybody always I'm, gives I'm them joking. This. That's their attitude down there. It is their attitude down there. What's What's funny though is we everyone's like, oh, they might not win one out of these first four, or maybe they'll get one. And what if they get two? That'd be exciting. Last year we all thought they'd go one and three to start the season. We thought they'd lose to Arizona, Cal, and Wisconsin, and only have McNeese State on the on the win side before they played. Utah State fifth last season. Uh, Somewhere was it in Utah there. State? I think you're right. Uh, well, and but they surprised us there, didn't they? Yeah. But regardless of what Jake thinks of the Huskies, that that's going to be a difficult uh, game for the Cougars. No, I'm not saying they can't get it. I'm not going to make the proclamation again like I did last year at Wisconsin. But Utah and Washington are terrific challenges. Uh, SC has so many athletes. And Tennessee, if that Tennessee game was uh, at Lavelle's place, then I, I would pick the Cougars. But I, I'm going to have to think about that going all the way to Knoxville. But I said that same thing about Wisconsin last year. But uh, this version of the Vols is not uh, overly intimidating. 
All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. If you have any reaction to this, Utah or BYU or Utah State for that matter, at Jake Scott's Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. BYU, they are going to have a good showing out there in Knoxville. No surprise. Was it 7,000? 7,000. They're going to fill that place up. The comment that they have a Power 5 fan base. My yeah. answer to that is yes, they do. They have a fan base across the country. They love to travel. They love to show up. It's absolutely awesome and good for them. They have money that is closer to G5 in terms of budget, access, things like that. But they absolutely have the fan base, the following. That's really something to go, yeah, we do have a national presence. Yeah, we do have a P5 following. We do have P5 size support. It's just a matter of now you need a P5 affiliation. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, go see Scotty and Hans at Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy in Draper coming up on Friday from noon to 3. Take advantage of all The Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and much more. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, not a good day for good old Team USA, Gordo. Apparently, they lost to the select team. They've been working out, getting ready for a, an exhibition with Spain. They lost to the select team not once but twice today. And just for our listeners' uh, info, uh, who is on that select team? Uh, I'm not going to read everybody, but uh, I know you're a big fan of Scotty Hobson and uh, Justin Anderson. John Jenkins can really tear it up. Ben Moore. Chasen Randall, Travis Trice, Travis Ware. Yeah, Travis Ware, by the way, plays for the South Bay Lakers. Well, I, I guess I would say it's okay. I mean, didn't the Dream Team get pushed by the, uh, by the college kids back before the 92 Olympics? Did that happen? In practice? I don't know. I think they might have even gotten beat. Mm. Not sure, but I, I just don't know how much it matters. I don't know either because maybe they're they're working on specific stuff and it's not about winning and those things and that sort of thing. But uh, it's not good. Not it's not terrific. Do. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, uh, they did. This is all based on like leaked out reports. It's not really. They didn't give us a box score and the games were only like ten minutes long. So. This almost sounds like something Popovich would concoct. You know, lose to bring him back down to earth. Yeah. Focus. Or, or you know. Uh, be, be, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of gamesmanship going on with him, and he's trying to educate these guys and get them together so they can get ready to go. And I, 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 I'm not sure it really means anything. Although there are questions about Team USA because it is not the team that people expected it to be. No, it is. It is a little bit of the old B or C team feel to yeah. it. And everybody's young. The Team USA, everybody's not – I shouldn't say everybody, but most of that team is, is really, really young. And that's happened before where they've had uh, the average – what was the team where they averaged 24 years old, uh, the pre- a previous team that uh, 
did really well in the competition. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of glad it's the way it is because now that Donovan Mitchell is involved in it, I think it's going to be really interesting for all of us to watch and yep. see. And it's going to be a little more competitive than it is with the the dream team or whatever. And these guys are going to it's going to be some competition they'll have over to there. Play, yeah, they'll have to play well. There are so many good players internationally now that in those days of of just mailing it in are long gone. Well, I mean team Greece has the has uh, Giannis on it yeah. and apparently he is uber motivated to tear up this tournament. Is his brother on that team too? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And what role will Donovan have? Because he's he's kind of he and what Kemba Walker. And I know there's you know Jason Tatum and and some others, but you would expect Donovan to have great influence on the outcomes of these games. Well, he's one of like two guards that are actually left on the roster, so I would expect him to to play a pretty major role. Are they going to add anybody? I don't think so. Hmm. I think they still have some subtracting to do. They oh, do they? Have, I'd have to go back and double check. Well, they think would they go have, 12? Yeah, they have to get down to 12. So, But I, I would expect Donovan to be a real centerpiece on yeah. this team. As somebody who's, who's really, really highlighted. Would you rather have Donovan involved in this and have Team USA lose or not have him involved and have Team USA win? That's a question for Jazz fans. Um... I'd rather see Donovan involved. I've really given this a lot of thought because of my initial sort of caution uh, uh, about his involvement. But I think you guys have sort of convinced me that he's going to be playing basketball anyway. Why not be involved in a process where it is closely monitored and uh, is where the coaching is so good and – no matter what you think of Popovich and his interviews and whatnot, he's he's the best coach of our generation, right. isn't he? Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you want Donovan Mitchell around a guy like right. that, soaking it up? Well, and the, now me speaking about me personally, because I'm kind of selfish like that, I'm not all that into international basketball. It, I'm, I'm not the type of dude who just watches it automatically because, you know, this is America. But do, watch you, America's do team. you take pride in the performance of Team USA, or do you remove yourself from the whole thing? Yeah, I pretty much remove myself from the whole thing because you're not American. No, I just I you're mean not a, you're not a patriot. They they haven't lost one of these Easy tournaments in like 15 years or whatever. It just it just doesn't interest me all that much. But I need doesn't a, that create even more pressure? Well, I I need a personal connection to it. And so Donovan's somebody we cover on a, on a daily basis and somebody we talk about on a daily basis, and that is that personal connection for me. I'll be watching every single one of those games. And if to watch how not, he reacts to the various situations he'll right, face. Right. If Team USA is up against it, is Donovan going to be the one who steps up? He'll have that opportunity, I guarantee it. Well, maybe not guarantee they'll be up against it, but he'll have that opportunity to to shine and lead this team yeah. based on who's left on the roster and based on the position he plays. Right. I mean, Kimball Walker will be huge cuz he'll have the ball in his hands, but they'll be sharing ball handling duties. So, I'm I'm very interested in it this year. If Donovan were not on the team, I would not be. That's a, that's a, and I bet that's the way most Jazz fans feel. I would think so. All right, we'll have more big show coming up. Stay tuned. 975 and 1280 the zone. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 of The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and uh, Gordo, today's been fun. Covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we did. Uh, everything from college football to some jazz uh, subjects uh, to the ever-important issue of slow play on golf courses. We said when we started the show that today was going to be a ride. And, and it was that. There if we was went some, in that order, some, it slid right down into the pool. <laughs> there were some real highs and there were some real lows. <laughs> Not sure uh, using the word we correctly there, Jake. Yeah, no. that's true. Yeah, well, we did find out about the uh, young spoiled uh, Indian child uh, over in, well, where was it? Um, Bombay India. or something. <laughs> who, India. Who That's pushed, fine. pushed his BMW, a gift from his parents, into the river because it wasn't a, a Jaguar. Hmm. I tell you. Entitlement right there. Uh, but we'll be back to do the same thing tomorrow. We want to say th- a big thanks to David Locke for jumping on the show. Uh, you can catch that interview at 1280thezone.com or simply search out our podcast by going to your favorite podcast catcher. Search The Big Show. Click su- subscribe and you'll get all of our great material. Dirk Facer included, who joined us in the 4 o'clock hour. Big thanks to Dirk. Thanks to Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show. Gordon, thank you. Thanks to you, Jake, and thanks to all of our listeners. We do appreciate The hundreds of thousands of y'all. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.